now for the Fast Break Podcast, powered by Fast Break on Fan Nation. Now here's your host, Brett Siegel. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am your host, Brett Siegel, NBA insider and reporter for Fast Break on Fan Nation, and welcome into the Fast Break Podcast. We talked about them with their struggles earlier in the season, but the Los Angeles Lakers have turned things around since the All-Star break, and given how bunched up the standings are in the Western Conference, they are just a half a game back from the 9th seed, one game back from both the 7 and 8 seeds, as well as two games back from the 6th seed in the West. Anything can happen over their final 12 games, and as a result, the Lakers show could be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Earlier in the season, things looked bleak for the Los Angeles Lakers, but then came the trade deadline. They added impact talents like D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and others. And now all of a sudden, the Lakers have won seven of their last 11 games since the All-Star break. Anything can happen in their final 12 games, and currently two games back at the sixth seed, there's still a chance that they could avoid the play-in tournament altogether and make the playoffs, especially since nine of their last 12 games are against teams with a 500 or worse record. It's time to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, and there's nobody better to talk with than Mr. Ryan Ward from Lakers Nation. Ryan, when we spoke earlier in the season, you were not that optimistic about the direction this team was trending. Where are you at now? Are you believing in their chances to be competitive in the postseason? A lot has changed since then, that's for sure. (laughs) I was definitely doom and gloom back then, and it was understandably so, but I think that the trade deadline kind of changed everything. And it's, you know, at first it didn't seem that way, but it, you know, things came together quick. And I don't think I've ever seen a team actually come together that fast with so many different pieces being moved and coming in and everything but uh they look pretty good last night is the exception ironically enough but they look good I, i've been impressed well ryan i'm happy to have you on the podcast this week because i feel like the lakers are one of the most interesting storylines in the league right now heading into the final three weeks or so of the regular season let's start off with one thing everyone wants to talk about and that's lebron james on february 26 against the dallas mavericks lebron suffered a right foot injury and he has not played since after saying he heard a pop in that foot now the lakers are saying that this is in quotes right foot soreness but we all know that that's not the case I mean, he wouldn't be out three to four weeks if it was just soreness. Normally, if you hear a pop in your foot and you're in a walking boot, we're talking about some kind of ligament or tendon damage there. So the Lakers said on March 2nd that he would miss at least three weeks, but he's been progressing well. And there was recently a video of him shooting at shoot around on the floor and doing some light individual things, which is good news. What's the latest on LeBron's status? And when do you imagine that he returns to the floor for the Lakers? Because if it's not before the end of the regular season, you have to imagine that this is going to be a team that's in the play-in tournament. So you're saying that the teams aren't truthful about injuries that couldn't be right (laughs) never right (laughs) i'm just thinking back to the miami here earlier this year when they had all 15 guys on their roster on the injury report jeez well he's been on the injury report since the beginning of the season really it's been the same thing the whole time sore foot or uh something to do with one of his feet right i i first of all i was baffled at the fact that he kept playing after he heard a pop i don't right. know who that does that that doesn't even make any sense like you hear a pop it's like it, it it's you know funny enough it, it reminded me of when kobe you know tore his achilles because mm-hmm. earlier in the game he hurt his knee and, and then his ankle and then the achilles popped itself so especially at his age you know lebron being 38 now like, get out of the game man but uh Anyway, I think he's not going to come back until the playoffs, to be honest. It's just, it's all trending in that direction. And it, they don't even seem to really need him, which is crazy to say. But uh, it's, it's, I think they need AD more, you know, right now. I mean, last night was a perfect example of that. Uh, without AD in the paint, I mean, they just got wrecked by a team that's got like 16 wins, I think, 16 or 17 wins. And, and that's a good thing. If they can coast 
the rest of the season and actually clinch a playoff spot without him, uh, I think they'll be all right. But when play- come playoff time, they don't have him, then then that, that'll be a problem. But we'll see. I guess it's just a waiting game now. It, the way with, with LeBron, it's like that his injuries are always you know m- mysterious, right? And then like all of a sudden he just comes running out of the, the tunnel and he's fine. So who knows when he comes back? But yeah, that report yesterday was kind of concerning. It was almost like they're they're, they're totally comfortable with the fact that he could be done for the rest of the regular season. Obviously, the Lakers need LeBron if they're going to win a championship. But do you think that he will return and everything will go back to the way it was in terms of how they had been playing? Because I mean, I've watched this team play over the last two weeks. I've watched them a lot and they look like a completely different offensive team in the sense that they're moving the ball and not necessarily playing through one guy like they were in February with LeBron. I feel like having D'Angelo Russell be a primary facilitator has opened things up tremendously, especially for Anthony Davis. And we've seen what he's done lately. I think it's going to be odd because like you say, they, they do function pretty well. And you know, it's, um, I think I tweeted the other the other night that one thing that you could tell when a you know, team's chemistry is coming together and there's, there's, is when they consistently have five guys scoring in double figures, right? And it's whether it's the guys off the bench or in the starting lineup. They just have, you know, it's always the same five guys it's like Rui, uh, Austin Reeves, AD, D'Lo, and either Vanderbilt or Beasley or, or both. And that's awesome. But when you throw LeBron in the mix, he's such a, you know, he has to have the ball in his hands pretty much the whole time. And I think D'Lo has to too. It's, it's kind of it's going to be a, a struggle to, to 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 get that to mesh well. That's why I think it'd be perfect if he came back with like maybe three games left, and then they get some kind of chemistry going because it could be a very awkward playoff game if all of a sudden it just doesn't work you know with those guys all together like that but then again it's LeBron I mean he should be able to adjust no matter what looking at Anthony Davis he's definitely stepped up in LeBron's absence averaging 27.9 points 13.7 rebounds and 2.3 blocks per game since James's injury here's the thing with AD me and you and probably everyone else can agree that when he's healthy he's a massive difference maker and probably one of the best big guys in the entire league if not the best big man in the league when we talked last time you were discussing the possibility of moving on from Davis in the offseason because of all these injury concerns and the fact that the Lakers are trending downhill is this still something in the back of your mind or have you shifted your vision to him playing alongside LeBron and D'Angelo Russell moving forward past this season well it's I think um I mean if you if you talk about it right now it sounds kind of crazy to move him right but what if he tweaks an ankle tomorrow you know mm-hmm. Like uh, what if any any kind of injury that, that keeps him sidelined, the the focus shifts immediately. And I think that's something that the, the front office is, has been thinking for a while. Like it's any moment he's done for, you know, a month or two months or whatever. And that's kind of a scary thing to move forward with. And he's if, say he balls out for the rest of the season, which looks like he's going to do. His value is never going to be higher. Right. So maybe a good time to move on that. I don't know. We'll have to see. I because it's crazy thing about the Lakers. It's like from one game to another, the, the narrative changes so drastically. You know what I mean? It goes from like, oh my god, these guys are amazing, to oh, this team sucks. Trade everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's the Los Angeles fan base. Oh god, it's crazy, and it's it's only getting worse. It's all getting worse. What to see? You know, it's like there's what, how many games are left? Like, uh, what was it? I like? believe 12 for the Lakers. Well, okay. Yeah. Anything can happen in 12 games. Anything. And then the playoff game. What if the game, playoff game is a disaster? Like they could ball out for 12 games and then the playoff game is a disaster. And then the narrative changes completely. And then you have the whole summer to think about that. So I don't know. That's, I mean, like you said, it's one of the most interesting storylines in, in the NBA. And it's going to continue to be that way. Speaking of D'Angelo Russell, how good has he been, man? This is probably the Russell that the 
Lakers should have traded for two years ago. And no disrespect to Russell Westbrook, but he just never fit in with the Lakers because of his strengths and his style of play. Since joining the Lakers again, D'Angelo Russell has averaged 18.8 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 5.9 assists per game while shooting 46.8% from the floor and over 41% from three-point range. To me, the biggest X factor from Russell's play has been his ability to play off the ball and move around on the perimeter. And then when he does bring the ball up and he's having defenders on their heels, his ability to get downhill and just pull up, whether it's from the mid-range area or just pull up from three-point range early in the shot clock, I feel like that's been a huge difference for the Lakers over this stretch. When you look at the difference in this team since the trade deadline, what has D'Angelo Russell brought to this team that they did not necessarily have with Russell Westbrook other than his three-point shooting abilities, which have been a massive positive impact? I wrote about this last week for uh, the Sporting Tribune, and I covered him when, when he was a rookie here. And I'll be honest, I've never seen a more immature player ever. And, and I was kind of shocked by that, especially with Kobe in the locker room. And when he was gone, I think it was a big relief for everybody. And then when they traded for him, like, what are they doing? They already know how bad this guy can be in terms of immaturity and just kind of not caring. And But then he slides in and he is just the perfect piece for this team. Like he just, he makes total sense. He's extremely confident and he doesn't seem to let anything bother him. Uh, whereas Russell was the complete opposite. Everything bothered Russell or Westbrook and the confidence was always like up and down and it just no matter what numbers he put up it just you didn't trust him in the fourth quarter whereas D'Lo you have to have him out there right even though he's a bit of a liability defensively it's you know so is a lot of people in the NBA these days right I, I just think he's 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 grown to a point where I can't believe how good he is now right and he's kind of accepted that he's not going to be a superstar you know maybe not even an all-star even though he went to the game all-star game once he just fits in his role and he plays really well in that role and i think if he stays this way and they resign him which all indications are that they're going to he could be here for a long time and be the perfect fit for this this team in the, in the backcourt. Well, that kind of leads into our next topic. D'Angelo Russell has been dropping hints about remaining with the Lakers long-term, as he is set to become an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. After his play these last few games, and assuming the Lakers make the playoffs, whether it be the sixth seed or via the play-in tournament, they almost have to keep him around, right? His, his dual abilities to play with or without the ball alongside James and Davis is exactly what the Lakers need in their guards, and Russell actually seems happy to be in Los Angeles again, not to mention, like you said, the mentality of he's now a veteran like you can see the growth he's made since leaving the Lakers and going to Brooklyn and then going to the Warriors and going to Minnesota we've seen what kind of player he's become and even though he's still 26 27 28 years old he's one of these veterans on this team now alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis and he seems more than confident to be a leader for this team moving forward yeah I just I think sky's the limit for that kid and then I think he, I think he, he knows he messed up in his, you know, first stint here, and he, and he's correcting it, and he loves it when the when the crowd backs him. You know what I mean? That's all anybody's done since he's gotten here. It's like, uh, it's like Dwight Howard when when Dwight Howard left, he was the enemy for years, right? And then he comes back, and it wasn't long until he won over the crowd again. And I, I think Delo's going in that same direction with with a bit higher upside. You know, he's still got a lot left, and Dwight was at the downside of his career anyway. So I, th- I think it's nothing but good right now. If the Lakers keep Delo around on a new long-term deal, that could change the futures of other players on this roster, as not everyone will be able to get a new contract in the offseason. Let's just go down the list here, starting with Malik Beasley, a key three-point shooting weapon the Lakers acquired in that three-team deal in which they got Russell from Minnesota, and 
sent Westbrook to Utah. Beasley has played his role really well with the Lakers. He's a high-level three-point shooting threat on the wing, and he's been starting to heat up over the last couple of games. That $16.5 million team option for next season is a question mark for the Lakers because they could opt out of Beasley's deal and look to restructure things on a new contract, but I tend to believe that they'll be keeping him around on that option. And then you talk about a long-term deal during the offseason or midseason next year. I mean, what are your thoughts for Beasley and his outlook with this team? Well, I think he's he's uh, what they've been missing for a long time is just a consistent shooter or somebody that they know can get really hot. I kind of feel for the guy because if he's really hot, everybody's behind him. And if he, you know, has a, p- a bad night, all of a sudden it's like, well, where, why is this guy not shooting well? And blah, blah, blah. I think he's a key piece to the team as well. But I honestly think it's going to, it's whatever happens with AD and LeBron in the off season, that's going to determine everything else, right? There's just going to be so many questions in the summer. I, I it just, I mean, they're not even at 500 right now. That's the crazy thing, you know? And we're talking about how good they are. <laughs> Like, you know, they, they haven't been great at all this year. It's just it's just now they're starting to come on a little bit. But yeah, I think whatever happens with LeBron and AD, that's when it's going to shift over to the other guys. But I, I think they should keep him as well. I, I don't see it much of a downside. Do you see it being on that team option or do you think that's more of they'll opt out of it and look to restructure things based on the other contracts? And that's the tricky thing. You know, like I, it would make sense, but that takes a good chunk out of this, you know, the salary cap. Um, And is he going to be willing to do that? Is he going to be willing to opt out and then take a lot less and then what other teams one thing is when you when you come to the lakers you're on that that main stage you know so all the teams get to see what you can do and look at all the guys the past few years like malik monk you know what i mean like he showcased what he could do in it you know kind of a forgettable season and now he's a stud for the kings and and making money so it could be the same thing for beasley i don't think it's you know going to be that you know that that much uh, of an upside comparison to monk but I don't know. I think they'll want him back, but I wouldn't be surprised to see another team snatch him too, though. Jared Vanderbilt's another key name that the Lakers have to make a decision on in the offseason. He will not be a free agent per se, but his contract is only partially guaranteed for $300,000 and becomes fully guaranteed at the end of June. There's no question here the Lakers need to keep Vanderbilt because he's been everything they have been lacking at that forward position. He can guard out on the perimeter. He can guard in the post. He's a secondary rebounding threat next to Anthony Davis. And to me, Vanderbilt's impact is in turn of disrupting passing lanes, causing turnovers, and running in transition. One thing that made the Lakers deadly during their 2020 title run was the fact that when they would create turnovers, they'd push the pace and get out in front of their opponents. We're starting to see glimpses of this with this squad, and to me, I think that Jared Vanderbilt's the main reason for this. Him stepping up with LeBron being out has been huge for this team, and I really don't think that they're in a position that they're not going to keep him around. Like They wouldn't have gone and get Jared Vanderbilt at the trade deadline if they didn't want to keep him around you know people will flip out if they don't keep Vanderbilt especially at his you know what what price he's going to be uh he's a stud in every sense of the word on on the basketball floor like you don't get guys that can play both sides like that these days and when you do you got to hold on to him so I think they'll do everything in their power to keep him and I don't think it'll be that difficult to be honest he'll have suitors for sure but I think he'll see the love he gets here and you know He's only going to make more money if he stays here and and continues to be a you know a big piece to the puzzle. When you look at secondary guys like Lonnie Walker, Mo Bamba, and Rui Hachimura, where did the Lakers go here in the offseason? It seemed like all indications pointed towards the team keeping Hachimura on a new deal, but with Vanderbilt's emergence and Troy Brown Jr. still seeing more time than him in the rotation, do you think that a possible long-term extension is not as likely anymore for Hachimura, or do you think that they still keep him around long-term? I think that's a, that's tricky. 
and that could obviously shift over the next 12 games as well. But I would say right now, yeah, he's trending down. And I think Lonnie Walker, it's just kind of like a foregone conclusion. He's gone. I mean, he's fell out of the rotation almost completely. And then Mobamba, it's like, I, I'm not even sure where they got him. You know, like he's done nothing and he would have helped uh, last night, but he was, he's still hurt. So yeah, I don't think he's going to be around for very long either. As for Walker and Bamba, I'm with you. Those are two guys that will likely end up somewhere else. In my opinion, this off season, Bamba's contracts for $10.3 million next season, but it is non-guaranteed. And I would expect the Lakers to back out of that deal as paying Bamba 10.3 million to be Anthony Davis's backup and see what 15 to 17 minutes a game. I don't really think that's a good deal for the Lakers. So that would probably make Bamba free agent if they opt out of that deal they could still keep him but i think that would be at a much lower rate since he would be nothing more than a backup option like i just mentioned behind davis just like thomas bryant's role earlier this year there will be other options as well in the offseason for the lakers that they could go after in the front court so would you lean more towards my side as well in the fact that bomba's 10.3 million dollar deal for next season is dispensable at this point oh definitely that's that's the challenge uh, the one a challenge that they've had pretty consistently is they've just got nobody that can come in for ad and shoulder the load even even a little bit i mean Wendy gabriel at times is okay but he's not very consistent it's like uh was it damien jones earlier in the year like everybody wanted him back and then that didn't last very long like he was out of the rotation almost immediately so that'll probably be a major concern for them in the summer because obviously ad struggles to stay on the court so you got to find somebody and then there's guys like you know demarcus cousins and and what was the other name that was floating around out there that people were talking about? It was it Whiteside and Whiteside and um and Lamarcus Aldridge as well? Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't signed a guy. I mean, maybe they will after what happened last night, but uh, I guess we'll see. But that, that's that'll be an interesting thing see where they go in that direction. Ryan, this is going to be a big offseason for the Lakers because they will have some options like we've been talking about, especially with Russell Westbrook's contract being off the books, as it would have been anyways. And Davon Reed and Max Christie are the only other two guys on this team right now with guarantees for next season alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Keeping D'Angelo Russell is going to be a priority, I would imagine, even over potentially going after Kyrie Irving. And outside of Russell, Austin Reeves is that one other guy you look at and have to retain because every time I watch this kid play, you see something new in his development. And Reeves is one of those players everyone in the locker room loves. He gives it his all every single game. And while he is a similar player to Alex Caruso in the sense that he brings energy off the bench and they both came up from nothing with the Lakers, I truly think he's better than Caruso given his offensive skill set. He's a really underrated shot creator and shot maker. And I think that he's the perfect six-man option for this team moving forward. Yeah, I would say the only thing that he doesn't have that Crusoe had is athleticism. Like Crusoe could jump out the gym and he was just super athletic. But um, it doesn't matter for, for Reeves. He's so savvy. You know, he's got all these kind of like, it's going to sound weird to compare him to Luka Dantich, but they play at their own speed and it works for them, right? He's got really good footwork. He's just, he just seems to get better, and I am just blown away by his confidence. He just he just balls out. Like I, You rarely see him struggle. And if he does, he seems to make up for it in the, at the end of the game or at some point in the game. He's always got one big play or two big plays. Yeah, but you, you don't want to – if they let him go after to Caruso, doing the same thing to Caruso, heads are going to roll, man. People are going to flip. Just like I said with, with Vanderbilt, they would be – it'd be more so with, with Reeves, though, because Reeves, you know, it's kind of crazy he went – undrafted yeah even though i think it was his decision not 
to to go to a team, but it's it's wild, and I'm I'm really happy for that guy. He de- he deserves everything he gets, and I hope he gets paid. Well, he's got the backing from Jeannie Buss, that's for sure. She loves what Austin Reeves gives this team, and there will be some competition for him heading into the offseason. And I believe that the Lakers can offer him a four year deal anywhere in that forty five to fifty million dollar range. I believe so. They're not going to make the same mistake, right? I mean, you were just talking about, it, but they can't make the same mistake that they made with Alex Caruso. They they have to keep Austin Reeves. I, I hope so, man. I really do. Or else I'd be like, I don't know what this team's doing, which has happened before. So it's like one of those things like where, you know, it, it seems to make perfect sense, but they may go in a different direction for whatever reason. Because like I said, you know, it all starts with AD and LeBron. And if, say, they they decide to trade one of those guys or or just break it up somehow, um, it could just change the whole mindset. But I, I don't know. I don't know. He's going to get paid one way or the other. Put it that way. I'm sure teams would love to have him on on the squad so the lakers have five straight home games coming up highlighted by games against phoenix dallas and okc if they can beat both dallas who may be without Kyrie and luka Doncic still and they can beat oklahoma city then the lakers could potentially pull back ahead for the eighth seed and if minnesota continues to struggle they could jump to that seventh seed all of a sudden how is this going to play out for los angeles the rest of the year and better yet what seed do you think the lakers need to get in order to make the most noise possible the most noise I honestly think they just need to get in one way or another. Just playing would be fine. And I think that's I think that's their mindset right now. They're not they'd love to move up, but you know, just the beggars can't be choosers, you know. They have to just just clinch a spot, just clinch something to 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 spark them for the postseason. So I wouldn't say there's an ideal place and i think the way that they're playing i think they can pretty much play with anybody i don't know if they're gonna really make that much noise in the postseason but i would say it's a lot more promising than it was but it all depends on ad really if ad can stay healthy then i think it's it'd be a promising last few weeks of the season well i'll tell you this ryan if the lakers get the eight seed via the plane they can seriously give the Denver Nuggets a run for their money, in my opinion. But the best spot to me is that seven seed. They get either Memphis or Sacramento in the first round, two younger teams when it comes to the postseason. And they can realistically beat either team in a seven game series. But I would think that they would have a better chance against Memphis simply because John Moran and his chemistry with his team after this absence is still a question mark. Obviously, he'll come back and we know what kind of what player John Moran is. But I don't know. It just seems like that there's cracks within the Memphis Grizzlies organization right now. And and with Steven Adams being out, like you mentioned, if AD's healthy, they automatically have a leg up there, even though they still have Jaron Jackson Jr. in the front court for Memphis. So I think that against the Grizzlies, that would be a really good, interesting first round matchup for them that could go six, seven games and the Lakers potentially coming out on top. What's the path to a potential Western Conference Finals run for the Lakers? And who's that one or two teams in your mind they need to try and avoid in the playoffs? I think... Even though the Kings are inexperienced and everything, I do think they're kind of a scary team because they have nothing to lose. Everything from here on out is just a plus. I think they have the longest streak without a playoffs uh, berth, right? Yep. They're going to be ending a 16-year playoff drought this year. Jeez, that's crazy. We didn't even have iPhones then. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, that's wild. Uh, Considering like back then, like, um, you know, was it Weber and Bibby? And, and they were just a crazy good team. Metal World Peace, I believe, was on that team. What? Oh, yeah. Man, I forgot about that. Damn. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> getting old because now I remember him on Chicago, too. Indiana. Jeez. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know, man. I think which team would they be? I'd have to honestly look at it. 
Well, let me the, throw one at you. What about the Golden State Warriors? Is is that a team that the Lakers need to try and avoid? Even though the Warriors have had their own struggles this year, you always have in the back of your mind, well, Gary Payton the second could be coming back. Well, Andrew Wiggins could be coming back. And obviously we saw what Steph did last night in Los Angeles against the Clippers scoring 50 points. I mean, he could do that in any single playoff game. And if they got their full team, they're, they're the defending champions. They could easily go on another run, right? No, I, I totally agree with you. But uh, like you were kind of saying, like every one of those teams in the west uh, near the top have vulnerabilities right like memphis is not the same team right mm-hmm. the nuggets are falling off for whatever reason i don't know if they're just taking their foot off the gas pedal because they know they got number one somewhat locked up sacramento's inexperienced the warriors have not been the warriors especially on the road i mean that road record's crazy to me it's horrendous yeah there's nobody that really scares you in the west right it's like it's wide open like they say the wild west right the wild, wild uh, west. But in comparison, like you say, if you're in the East, you know, you're you're going to be scared of Boston. You're going to be scared of Milwaukee. You're going to be scared of um, Philly. But at West, I think it's just, it could be crazy. It could be like March Madness, right? Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing too. You, you look at that four seed, five seed matchup of what it could potentially be right now. The Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Clippers are both championship contending teams. So the rest of the teams in the Western Conference playoffs, if that's a first round series, they're going to be thanking everything because the Suns and Clippers are two teams that nobody wants to run into either and one of them would be knocked out in that series yeah and then there's question marks to KD with a freak injury that was weird man (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen that before no Um, especially in layup lines yeah yeah by himself too that's just weird but so yeah it's it's gonna be I think it's gonna be entertaining for sure and I I don't think that the Lakers are really gonna want to avoid anybody they're not gonna be like oh we can't play these guys I'm sure Phoenix would be scary if KD is okay and healthy and but we'll see you know I I think it's it's back from the last time we talked to now I just can't believe how much has changed and how different it is final thing for you today Ryan I mean I just have to ask you this because it's the big question how are things going to play out pull out your crystal ball for me right now and tell Lakers fans what we are going to see over the next month or so heading into the play-in and playoffs so like what what does the future hold for this team the immediate future hold for this team oh that's that's impossible to predict just because the injuries have been so devastating to this team but um I, if I were to say if everything keeps going the way it's going and say LeBron is on pace to return for play-in or first round I'd say they do clinch a spot and I say they do give whatever team they play in the first round hell you know that could easily be a seven game series uh, no matter who they face and I think they'll do they will get to the second round but I think they will lose in the second round because I don't know if they can sustain it it will be interesting to watch for sure and a wealth of insight as always on the Los Angeles Lakers be sure to check out Ryan's work on LakersNation.com as well as on Twitter at Ryan Ward LA Ryan I appreciate the time as always my man and I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss with one another over the coming weeks pertaining to the Lakers best of luck the rest of the year and until next time my friend all right same to you brother That was Ryan Ward, Lakers reporter for Lakers Nation. Be sure to check out all his work on LakersNation.com as well as on Twitter at RyanWardLA. That is going to do it for this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Thanks to Ryan for breaking down all things Lakers for us on the podcast, and there are some big things planned and in the works right now in terms of future episodes. So if you want to hear future exclusive interviews on the podcast with players, league executives, team-specific writers and reporters, and other special guests from around the NBA, be sure to like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may be hearing me talk to at this very moment in time. For the latest breaking news and rumors, 
rumors from around the league, you can follow me on Twitter at Brett Siegel NBA, and you can follow all the NBA content your heart desires online at Fast Break on Fan Nation. Have a fantastic morning, afternoon, and night, and I will see you next time on the Fast Break Podcast.